punters, and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, February 20. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual is Jackpot Joel Marshall. Dynamite Dan should be with us any minute now, but Joel, Blue Diamond Day at Caulfield highlights Saturday's racing, and look, we can often uh, probably add a bit of mayo to... uh, our descriptions of the day's racing, but what a cracking card this is. Uh, Not massive fields throughout the day, apart from the Diamond itself and the Oakley Plate, Um, but just some really intriguing races and all three Group 1s, absolutely sensational. Yeah, indeed, Bark. So there's a a real cracking day's racing there at Caulfield on Saturday. Futurity Stakes is a really strong lineup. We've got uh, three-year-old flavour with uh, obviously the dual Group 1 winner Ole Kirk and the the uh, stakes performers, Amish Boy and Crosshaven. Then we've got the genuine sort of proven Group 1 horses in Behemoth, Acadia Queen and Probabile, and Streets of Avalon coming off his second Group 1 win. So the Futurities are really are, is a real highlight. And, of course, you've got the big fields, as you said, the Diamond and the Oakley Plate. So it's, uh, yeah, really good days racing. And even up in Sydney, we've got a pretty strong card up there too, although it looks like we're going to be on another wet track. Well, no great surprise, I guess, at this time of year. But you're right, Sydney, um, well, we got the Silver Slipper, which produced the Golden Slipper winner last year and looks a very strong version again this year. And you've got the first of the real star Kiwis coming across in Aegon, Joel. Uh, uh, so plenty to look forward to at Rose Hill. Yeah, indeed. Look, the Hobartville Stakes is a really intriguing clash, as you mentioned, the, the Kiwi Star Aegon's coming across. I'm a huge fan of his. He comes across unbeaten like his father did uh, several years ago, Sacred Falls. He came over unbeaten. He kicked off his autumn in the Royal Sovereign at 1,200. He was beaten there. He was also beaten in the Randwick and Rose Hill Guineas, and then they freshened it, although they brought him back in trip, and he won the Doncaster. So, look, I think kicking off at 1,400 is definitely better for Aegon. He's still a bit vulnerable, but, uh, yeah, exciting to see what he does up against... Some pretty good uh, yardsticks in North Pacific, Peltzer, and uh, two-year-old Group 1 winner, King's Legacy even. So it's a, it'll be a good test for him. Daniel, welcome. Um, the big one, of course, on Saturday is the Diamond itself. Uh, Enfa seems to have been favourite for it since day dot. Drifted a bit after uh, drawing barrier 14 on Tuesday. But look... Um, just two very, very impressive wins uh, with the form behind her uh, very much stacking up. But I see both you and Joel have uh, managed to find something else. What's your thinking there without giving a tip away? Yeah, look, it's not not so much a, a knock on the favourite. Um, I guess just in these these bigger fields, um, and so much still tilt to learn with a lot of them. Um, try and find something a bit, at a bit of a bigger price. So uh, she'll be hard to beat, no doubt, the favourite, but I thought... Um, there was something else at a bigger odds, but I think you know it's a pretty open addition outside the the favour. I think it's a good um, a good race for some wider exotics and multiples. I think there's some at a, at a big price that are well over their true odds because of that such a short price of the favourite. But I'm um, look, looking forward to the the contest. Obviously, the the wider draw makes it much more intriguing. From the, the wider draw, Frenta makes it much more intriguing. And um, as always, Blue Diamond Stakes Day just a really competitive day of day of racing. So um, keen to Going to get stuck in. And, yes, indeed. And look, if you're, wor- and, if you're and, worried about the uh, wide draw for Enfar, I can advise that four of the last seven Blue Diamond winners have jumped from double-figure barriers, including 
Earthquake from 15 and Written By from 15. And uh, Dan, not that Daniel is scared of wide barriers because his tip's jumping from a wide gate too. But we will take you right through the card at Caulfield on Saturday because it is all black type all the time. And we start with race one, Ned's Mornington Cup Prelude, 2,000-metre listed quality handicap goal with young rascal scratching. Yeah, I've learned the way of number three, Wolf. He's been racing pretty well up in Sydney. He's uh, won at Caulfield before, having won the Coongee in 2019. It's been a while between wins, but he needs dry ground. He hasn't always had that in the past 18 months. And he'll roll forward and give you a good sight, I would have thought, from six hangman, four uh, defibrillate, who couldn't be split at this track last time out. And I think they've both got strong winning uh, winning claims again. And eight Dawson Diva, who was wide throughout in that race, and I thought ran pretty well. She's got a bit of a uh, bit of an upset hope, I think. Three on top for me from six, four, and eight. You're not a race of high confidence. I've gone with the favourite on top, Defibrillate. Um, it's hard to it's hard to knock this preparation. He's he's low flying, and the form around him has has really stood up, especially that um, Caulfield and Flemington wins. Three starts back and two starts back, respectively. He was excellent dropping back in trip last start. Um, back up to the 2,000 metres will only suit him. Um, and just doesn't know how to run a bad race. So he's on top. I think the six hangman, though, is good to see him back to some sort of form. Um, I say that in terms of winning. I guess it was a dead heat, but winning form. He hadn't won for such a long time um, before the last start. Dead heat with defibrillate. Um, but he had sort of been going okay. Um, without reward, I guess. So um, I think he's a definite chance for sure. Wolf will obviously appreciate the uh, the dry surface and will roll along in front, take some catching. And the nine also, Aussie Nugget being racing well up in, up in grade here, but uh, deserves a crack at this level. Um, was excellent when it called field last start um, over the mile and I think we'll appreciate this longer trip. Four, six, three and nine. Yes, I couldn't see why to jump off to Dibberlate either to beat... Aussie Nugget, uh, Hangman and Wolf, so different order. Aussie Nugget does face a challenge. There's seven and a half kilos out of the handicap, but uh, what couldn't Jamie Carr do at the moment? Four, nine, six and three for me. Race two, Ned's Zedative Stakes, 1,200 metres set weights and penalties for three-year-old Colts and Geldings. A group three event, Joel. Only seven as we speak on Thursday to face the starter with Valmaster to run in Sydney, drawn wide up there. Interesting to see how Valmaster goes, uh, jumping out of the trees to uh, spruik him. And um, I see our, uh, or rather best bets, as uh, Sydney uh, analyst who was copying a bit of flack on Twitter for not having Valmaster in the top four, Joel. But I digress. What about the Zedative? Yes, it will be exciting to see Valmaster up in Sydney. He opened $1.80, I think, in both races. So, uh, yeah, big wraps on him. And I think there's pretty decent wraps on another unbeaten three-year-old. And I'm with him, number seven, Oxley Road. Here he trialled super in New Zealand. Uh, he's part owned by Singapore trainer Stephen Gray. Elected to send him over here to Peter Moody. And well, I thought he gave him a pretty soft kill down the straight at Flemington. It was never in doubt. This is a bit tougher, but I don't think of a, you know an awful lot tougher. I think... You know, he's a full brother to Exceedance. He's got a bit of pedigree behind him and certainly looks to have a bit of talent. So he's on top for me from five. It's our time. Comes back from the 1,400. He seemed to have a pretty good run there behind Poland. He battled on quite well. His prior two wins were strong. And then the Godolphin pair, three Valaquenta. Didn't have much hope first up. He was wide back, uh, never really on the track. It was a tough run. 
he can improve. And two conceited, interesting runner. We haven't seen him since the Magic Millions two-year-old classic in 2020. So he's had a long time off. Hard to get a bit of a read on him, but uh, he certainly showed a bit in that first prep. Seven on top for me from five, three, and two. I'm going to, be, I'm going to go with the five. It's our time on top. Um, I guess it's obviously a little bit of a query, 14 back to 1,200 metres, but um, that, that autumn stakes third and that group two holds him in good stead here. Uh, and Jamie Carr takes her eye with the... Um, Injury to Fred Kersley. So the five on top for me. I've got three in next Valaquenta. Um, probably forgive the margin first up when caught wide there. Um, can improve second up. And thought his spring form without winning was um, was pretty handy around some around some good horses. The two conceded first up for a while, as Joel touched on, but obviously plenty of talent is Colt and the seven in for fourth, Oxley Road. Five three two seven. Uh, for me in that race, I've Going for it's our time as well to beat Grand Pope, Valaquenta and Oxley Road. Five, eight, three and seven. Race three at the Heath on Saturday is the Neds Angus Armanasco. Stakes this one's for three-year-old fillies. It's over 1,400 metres, but it's also a separation penalties. And this is a group two. Joel? Yeah, tricky little race. Uh, not one I saw when I get too involved in, but I've gone with eight Miss Guggenheim, who certainly showed enough in her career to date. It was a good maiden win first up in the spring. She then went to the manifold, didn't have much go right, still ran well. Uh, so she's still you know, quite unexposed. She's by Dundeal. Out of Shani Rose, who was a good sprinter, so I'm not sure what her right distance is going to be. I think kicking off over 1,400 is suitable. Uh, three, Malicorn looks the hardest to beat. thought it was a good effort stepping up in grade in the Kevin Hayes last time out. Behind La Mexicana, who just continues to go to a, a new level, only Mr. Quinella once in eight goes, so she's very honest, is Malacorn. I think five Impecunious has the potential to be the best horse in the race. Just they had that little setback with her. She was a late scratching behind the gates. Uh, it was, I think it might have been the Boxing Day meeting. And she, she's been into it a couple of times and hasn't, hasn't stepped out. So just where they've had a bit of an issue with her, she certainly looks very talented. Watch the betting uh, for a bit more of a guide. And two, Chica Fuerte. We'll probably get better as she gets over further, but uh, did finish second to Camborne over the 1,400 last prep. Eight on top for me from three, five, and two. Big for, become a big fan of the Philly Malicorn, this preparation. She's, um, she's been excellent in her three starts. It was an easy, an easy all the way win first up at the Valley. And her two runs since at Flemington and Caulfield have both been excellent, um, both behind informed ones in Zesty Bell and, and especially La Mexicana, who she was... A couple more strides, probably wins the race in that group three a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm ready to pick now fourth up, I think, and and ready for the 1,400 metres. Uh, she's finished in the Quinella, seven of eight starts, and the stable, Matt Laurie's stable are flying at the moment. So pretty keen on Malicorn. She's my best of the day at Caulfield. Got the five in next in Pecunius. Yeah, we don't know how good this filly is. Um, her one start in, in Australia was was excellent. Um Sort of a slow getaway there and, and really raced away when hitting the lead. Um, given time since then, but just how good can she be? The two, oh, sorry, the four in next safe passage um, comes out of a midweek race, um, but going going well and deserves a crack at this level and looks like 1,400 metres will suit. And Miss Guggenheim in for fourth. Uh, fresh winner, last preparation. Three, five, four, and eight. Impecunious for me to beat Malacorn, safe passage, and Chica Fuerte. Five, three, four, two. Race four at Caulfield on Saturday. Premier signed Mannerism Stakes. 
1,400 metres for the Mayors, four years old and up. Also set weights and penalties. And this one is a Group 3 and it sees uh, the return of the Grant and Alana Williams and William Pike team with Perfect Jewel. And winning post's eight-person tips panel is... Uh, surprisingly, unanimous in support of Perfect Jewel, Joel. Yeah, that just never happens, does it? I think uh, Winks has probably been there. Yeah, Winks struggles to get eight <laughs> So this must be an absolute moral. Uh, look, she's very well treated at the weights here, only two kilos between her and, and those other mares, and she should, you know, should be giving away plenty more than that. She was a first-up winner of the Cockrum last prep, kicking off at 1,400, so that's a, you know, a little bit different. Never easy to win over that trip first up, especially for you know a horse that perhaps isn't a natural stayer. Um, so that's the one little negative, but I think she's the, the one to beat. Two sovereign rewarders had the run under the belt. She probably went a bit too keen there in the oar stakes, found herself in front and and faded there, beaten 10 lengths. So she's got a, you know, a little bit of ground to, to make up, but this is obviously an easier task and she will have uh, trimmed up a bit for that. Three rich hips. She can be a bit in and out, but She's got a really devastating finish on her when she decides to produce it, when things are sort of, uh, you know, made to order for her. So she'll be finishing strongly and seven Lunicorn next best. Uh, first up since December, not a long break. So she should have some residual fitness and she should get a pretty good run from the inside gate. Just not sure she's up to beating some of these. One on top for me from two, three and seven. Yeah, well, obviously well underweight's perfect jewel. Um, excellent fresh horse, winning three of six, and um, <clears throat> the last preparation, first up winner. She, her spring campaign was was pretty good. After that, she was competitive in a Group One Maccabi Diva at weight for age, and then uh, stock stakes next time out. Um, she was ne- she was never while well, she only did win the one race last spring. She was always thereabouts. Um, I think expecting her to be too classy here. First up, two sovereign award in next can certainly improve on the. The first up effort, I'm just going too keenly out in front. She's won two of three, second up. Uh, in for third, I've got the five, Moonlight Maid. She'll obviously peak over a little bit further than this, but um, talented mare who has raced well over these sort of distances fresh before. Um, and in for fourth, I've got the six, Neighbourhood. One, two, five, six. And to read more about Moonlight Maid, check out your winning post this week. Daniel has interviewed trainer Mitchell Friedman. My selections, Perfect Jewel to Beat, Rich Hips, Lunicorn and Neighbourhood, 1, 3, 7 and 6. Race 5 at the Heath on Saturday is the Zerko Data Autumn Classic, 1,800 metres, Group 2 set weights for three-year-olds, Joel. Yeah, I've gone to, for the fillies here down towards the bottom to run 1, 2. I've gone for 10. Paru on top, this daughter of Fastnet Rock. She's coming along really well. It was a good effort at Sandown where she was up in weight, up in class. Uh, that was two runs back. And then she went up in distance to the mile and that proved vital. She sat right on speed. She was able to maintain that good gallop there. I thought it was a strong win. I don't think the step up in distance is going to be any hassle for her. Uh, Fontaine Ruby, her dam, was able to get up over some ground and perform well. 11 butter chickens, an interesting runner. She's been kept fresh since winning her maiden at Packham. Back on June 21, it was the same maiden that her stable mate, Nonconformist, won. Uh, he went on to win at Caulfield and then finished second this day last year in the Autumn Classic. So the, the Beg team sort of used a similar prep, although she's been kept fresh since that maiden win. Uh, out of a Galileo mare by Savabeel, should have plenty of upside. And then to the boys, three young Werther. He was okay first up. 
1,400 metres. That's probably not his right trip. He'll be a lot fitter for that and expect him to improve sharply. And for Milton Park, well, I was keen on him last week. But I don't know what went on there. He settled last and just never got into the race. You know, I think nine out of ten people's speed maps had him leading or sitting outside the lead. And, and he was back last, so it was a bit of a forgive run. He can certainly bounce back without surprising. Ten on top for me from 11, 3 and 4. Yeah, and with the 10, Perua as well here. Um, yeah, up 1,300 metres, 1,600 metres last start, and, and she really relished it getting getting the gun run outside the leader, but was too strong for him late. Um, as that former round Thunder Peak, the start prior, has run well in a group race last Saturday. I think she can keep improving as she gets up in trip. Um, and like I said, good grounding, this preparation, rock-hard fit. And, yeah, pretty keen on her, just 55 kilos on her back, the 10. Got the three in next... Uh, young Werther, who look, was never winning hope really from the sort of um, well, as they turned, was well off them, but his late work there was was pretty good. They went too quick out in front, and the leader sort of um, well, those up on the speed had, were the ones who sort of came to the fore, but his his last bit of work was good there. He's, he'll obviously improve up to 1800 meters. He um, only just missed Quay Quay over that trip last preparation. Uh, Butter Chicken, uh, very progressive filly in the numbers, as well as the four Milton Park, who I think can bounce back um, from that run Joel alluded to last start. Uh, his two wins, first and second up, were pretty impressive. 10-3, 4-11 for me. Uh, young Verta, for me, uh, is the certainly the rating certainty in this race to beat Parura, Butter Chicken and Alvarado, 3-10-11 and 2. Race six, first leg of the quaddy, first of the group ones at Caulfield on Saturday is the Lamaro South Melbourne Futurity Stakes, 1,400 metres, standard weight for age, group one worth half a million, 10 in it, Joel. I'm going with the three-year-old Colt Ole Kirk, number eight. I thought his first up run was pretty good in the English sprint. He got back. He's always going to have a bit to do. Uh, he looped late on his run. Uh, you know, it, Similar sort of effort to his first up run in the spring. He'll be a lot fitter for that. He'll get the soft run. Team Hawks uh, have used this race before with their uh, with the three year olds, uh, three year old Colts to, to good effect. And I think he's yeah getting out to a pretty backable price around six fifty seven dollars. I think that's a fair enough price for him. From one behemoth, really established himself as a Group One horse in the spring with his wins in the Memsey and Rupert Clark. Terrific first up win in Adelaide. Seven probably, or speaking of terrific first up wins, that was excellent at Caulfield first up. This is a lot tougher. Uh, Paul's regret was running second to her. So, you know, it wasn't, um, might not have been a great deal of depth behind her, but she sat three deep and, and won like the class act she is. And 10 Crosshaven, the other three-year-old blinkers going on. Might just spark him up a little bit after a good return in the oar. He probably had his chance there. Uh, so he would need to improve a length or two because this is tougher. But he's got that good racing pattern where you can't uh, take him lightly. Eight on top for me from one, seven, and ten. Yeah, I like the two mares here. I'm with the seven, Probabile, on top of the six, Arcadia Queen. Uh, yeah, far easier race first up, Probabile, but 60 kilos, three wide, and, and far too far too good for them there. She <clears throat> went over this trip second up last time in, won an Epsom one sitting wide the, start, the next start. Um, and I think back to 57 kilos, she can certainly um, put forward a good case here. So she's on my top pick. The six Arcadia Queen, we saw the best of her last prep, but 
to 2,000 metres, but she's a versatile mare. She goes well fresh um, and she's, she likes it, the firm tracks. The one in next behemoth did what he was expected to do first up. Um, and we know how good his Caulfield form in Group 1 races. He won two, two of them over this track and trip last preparation. And in for fourth, I have the eight, Ole Kirk. Seven to beat six, one and eight. I'm with the big boy Behemoth to beat the two mares, Probabil and Arcadia Queen, and Ole Kirk for fourth, one, seven, six, and eight. Race seven is the big one. It is the Neds Blue Diamond Stakes, 1,200 metres. Group one, set weights for two-year-olds with one and a half million dollars. You know, I've gone for seven Artorius here, just hoping he can uh, sort of keep in touch early and he doesn't get too far off them. He's a pretty good colt, I think, this bloke. He's had wide gates to contend with both runs. He just stood up Jigsaw too much of a start on debut at Geelong, but I thought it was a terrific effort behind him. Jigsaw's subsequent effort in the Blue Diamond Prelude was excellent, so I like that just to frank the form. And then Artorius went to Sandown again, drifted back from a wide gate, but let down with a powerful sprint. Put four and a half lengths on his nearest rival. This is a lot harder. But I think it's 17 or $18. He's uh, sort of slipping under the radar to some degree, and I think he's definitely up to winning this. Eight jigsaw in for second. He's the other bet in the race for mine. I thought his prelude run was very good. He was wide. He, he didn't give up at all. He kept coming right to the line. I like the good barrier for him. Uh, 13 Enthar. No knock on her. Just the – she's had the two wins over 1,000 and looked super. Um, she's just going to need a, a few things to pan out. I think the wide gate's okay for her because she's got that good speed and, and can probably negate that. I just thought she was, you know, perhaps a little bit short. So that's why I've sort of gone around her as a top selection, but she can certainly win. And I've thrown 10 Marine 1 in as a bit of a roughie. I probably would have preferred him drawing well, but the blinkers go on. His two runs to date this prep have had merit without a lot of luck, and, and perhaps he's not going to get that luck again. But uh, I'll throw him in for fourth. Seven... Artorius for me from 8, 13, and 10. With the five, Animo, the Godolphin Colts, I think his three starts today have been excellent. He was, without much luck on debut at Caulfield, um, I thought he was <clears throat> ridden along nicely there and then lowered the colours of the well-backed Forbes in that listed race at Sandown. Before heading for a spell, he was first up in that prelude behind General Bow, come along the inside there and, and just missed that horse. I think he's really going to be suited to the rise of 1,200 metres. Um, and it's certainly worth a worth an each-way bet in this. So five on top of the 13, and uh, it's, as I said, just sort of, as I said earlier, just try and find something at a bit of a bigger price to play instead of back in the $2 favourite. She's certainly deserves that price and what um, she was able to do in Sydney. And yeah, the form stood up from that race and then far too good as a short favourite last start. The one in for third, General Bow, and the seven, um, I agree with Joel. I think Artorius deserves some sort of a push in this as well. He'll be going in into my quaddy. 5-13, and 7. Yeah, well, my brother hopes you're right about Artorius because he part owns the horse that ran second to it uh, at Sandown, albeit well beaten. Uh, it won't surprise anyone to learn that I'm going for the obvious in Infart, but General Bow, Jigsaw and Finance Tycoon, 13-1-8, and three, last of the group ones, third leg of the quaddy at Caulfield on Saturday is another cracker. It's race eight. It is the Ned's Oakley Plate, 1,100-metre handicap, genuine handicap here, eight Ks between top and bottom and 18 horses in it. 
no surprise, Joel, that both your and my value bet are here in the Oakley play. Yeah, that's right. Just looking at the, the winning post tipsters column, I think five of the eight have gone with their value bet in this race. So that's the sort of race it is. And you could probably have 10 picks and, and get knocked out of the quaddy. Uh, but I'm with nine Brooklyn Hustle. I think if she's going to win a group one, this is her race. She's a real talent. She just needs a little bit of luck to go her way. She settles second half of the field. She's going to get strong pace on. I think 1,100 is her right sort of distance. She hasn't won at it, but I think it's going to be perfect for her. She won first up last prep, didn't beat a lot. She was just far too good for them. But then she measured right up, third in the McEwen, fourth at the group one Moya, and fourth in the group one Manicado. So I think with 52 kilos, she's waited to win. I liked her recent trial behind Ancestry. She was getting to the line strongly. I think this is the, her chance to get a group one, and she's a good divvy. I'll definitely be having something also on 15, Portland Sky. Now, the three-year-olds have a good, strong presence in, this, in the race this year. I, I think he's right in it. Beat Asar and Tagaloa. They ran really well last week, so the Manford form's held up to some degree. I think he's he sort of got genuine excuses for a couple of his unplaced runs. I think he's going to be putting himself up close to the speed and, and give you a great sight. Six Ancestry. He's been favourite for this race for quite a while. It's his toughest test today. He went through the... The grades last prep and looked outstanding. He's got great speed. He's been trialling well. He's going to look the winner, I think, at the 200, just whether he can cling on. And two dirty work is a really good 1,100-metre horse. He's had five wins from 11 goes at the distance. He's got that Guitra Classic Legend form line, which should be really strong here. That's why he's got the 57. But uh, I don't think that's a weight that he, he can't win with. He's just going to need to get out at the right time from that inside draw. Nine on top for me from 15, six and two. And Joel's already given a pretty good push for one of mine. That's the 15 for my pick, and that's the 15 Portland Sky. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's four, look at his form. He's got the three wins from six starts, but those um, couple of forgive efforts there, including the first that one in Brisbane, which is never on the track after settling in the back half of the field. Then was able to control things from the front of the Manfred last start. The um, second and third horse come out and won the, run the Quinella. Last weekend, Sir Frank the form, he plummets in weights from 58.5 to 50 kilos. He's drawn well here, and um, as I've mentioned earlier, the stable are flying at the moment, Matt Laurie. So I think he can run a big race, Portland Sky. Um, you know, it always what is a, a tough contest, the Oakley Plate to, to the cipher. So 15 on top of the eight bold star. This horse hasn't won for a while, but he's going really well. His recent form uh, ran some very handy horses, very good for this. He will. Be flying home. He his first up run was pleasing, second in the Rubiton. His fresh form prior to that wasn't great. He only had the one win from six starts and no minor placing. So it was good to see him return in the fashion that he did. Um, he has two wins from th- from three starts, second up. So he does improve with the run under his belt and with the lightweight, he'll be he'll be certainly finishing strongly. Uh, the six in next ancestry uh, on pace, so he can maintain some high cruising speed. And then for third and for fourth, I've got the two dirty work. I'm a bit of a fan of his 15, 8, 6, and 2. Listeners might recall that my uh, big value tip last week was Elite Street in the Lightning Stakes, who did not get warm at any stage of the race. So it might surprise you to learn that I'm backing up with uh, Celebrity Queen here, who uh, was second to Elite Street in that Group 1 Winterbottom uh, last campaign. But uh, look, Mayors, Mayors in the Oakley Plate, they've won... uh, five of the last eight uh, and that weight that she's got um, 
which is uh, 53 and a half. That's about the right weight for this race, I think, um, to beat Ancestry, Portland Sky and Dirty Work. So 7, 6, 15 and 2. Now, what is wrong with my uh, tips on a fast fact, fast facts basis? Well, probably a lot of things wrong with them, but uh, all my horses are drawn in. Five of the last six Oakley Plate winners have jumped from double-figure barriers, and uh, four of those five have been from either 14 or 15. So uh, that is something else to bear in mind. We finish at Caulfield with race nine, and that is a race by the name of the Carlton Draft Peter Young Stakes, 1,800 metres Standard weight for age, a group two. And as we talked to you on Thursday afternoon, Papalino has been withdrawn, leaving 11. Joel? Non-conformist for me. I think he's got to stand up and, and show that he's, uh, you know, he's taken that next step, this preparation. And, and I think he will. I thought his first up run was good against a, a very moderate tempo. Best of days, just stacked them up, controlled the speed, gave a good kick and won. And I thought non-conformist got to the line really well. He's going to be settling second half of the field from that draw. Hopefully, there's a little bit more speed engaged here. And if there is, I think you'll be very hard to beat. 11, Miss Siska won this race last year. She seems to have come back in good order after a couple of stop-start preps where she hasn't showed her best up in Sydney. I thought the fresh run in the Carline Cup was good. Four, Angel of Truth. was very good in the CFO. I thought they might have gone forward, but he was a bit slow away. They settled last. He had good late splits. He can settle a lot closer here. And three, Homesman. He won't be too far from the lead. He's a pretty good performer at this level, sitting up on the speed, and is suited at weight for age. Nine on top for me from 11, four, and three. With the eight, shared ambition, it was the change of tactics somewhat last uh, first up at Randwick, sat much closer than he, he usually does, and uh, beat a promising one in Mount Poper there with a the big weight. Back to Melbourne now. He's two for two at Caulfield. Um, and I'm hoping he can string a few wins together. He certainly teased last preparation, but it was a little bit costly to punters. I think with that win under the belt first up, he can, he can go right on with it. The eight, uh, he's on top. The nine, in next nonconformist, um, pleasing return. Um, he's obviously suited up to the right, up to the 1,800 metres. Night's watch, I think, giving one more chance. I got back of a, a slowish tempo last start and, and did make some ground past a few horses late. Only three lengths from best of days. Um, obviously, the... The um, fact he hasn't won for some time is, is a query, but I think his preparation, he's been he's gone well in his three starts. And in for fourth, I uh, have the 12, which is Paradis. 8, 9, 7, 12. Uh, my name is very similar to Joel's, non-conformist to beat Miss Siska Holmesman. And I've chucked in yet another sand groper in Regal Power, 9, 11, 3 and 1. My best, race 5, number 3, Young Verta. Value bet race eight, number seven, Celebrity Queen. Joel's best we just heard about was race nine, number nine, Nonconformist. His value bet also in the Oakley Plate race eight, number nine, Brooklyn Hustle. Daniel's best race three, number three, Malacorn. And value bet is race five, number 10, Parure. Sydney racing on Saturday is at Rosehill Gardens. And uh, as we discussed earlier, there is some... Pretty uh, pretty high-quality racing, as you'd expect there. And the first of the black-type races at Rose Hill on Saturday is going to be race four, and that is the 
Irresistible pools and spas, Millie Fox Stakes, over 1,300 metres, group two, set weights and penalties for fillies and mares. Oliferous is out, leaving eight to face the starter, Joel. Now, I've gone with four, Asiago. It was the first up winner of the Mona Lisa last prep. She was in competitive at group one level. Deeper into that campaign with her fifth in the Empire Rose. She then ran third in the Hunter. She's a pretty talented mare. She comes to hand quickly. Two wins, two placings from five fresh runs. She can get through the wet ground, so I've, that's why I've lent her away. A couple of these runners prefer drier tracks, including Sapina and Madame Rouge, the two Chris Waller runners. Both were scratched last week on wet tracks, so it'll be interesting to see whether they delay their campaigns by another week. It's probably, you know, it gets to the stage where you've got to step them out. Sapina's very good. She can win. If uh, things go her way, as I said, the drier the better for her. Two positive piece does get through the wet ground. She tends to improve after a run under the belt, but she's definitely capable of winning a race like this if she's forward enough. And I've put Madame Rouge in for fourth, but just the if, the, if it's going to be heavy, just makes this race a bit tricky. Four on top from three, two, and one. Yeah, similar numbers. Obviously, the, the, the first four, the main four in the market, all first up here, and and Asiago's really the best uh, fresh form of those, with exceptions to subpoenaed, who, as Joel said, doesn't like, doesn't particularly love a, a wet track. Asiago does. Uh, is certainly a, um, has won on a heavy before and, and performed well on a soft track. <clears throat> and so that, those are my first two picks, four to beat three. I've got the one in next, Madame Rouge. Big fan of her. Um, and she certainly was, was competitive in some, in some good races in Melbourne last preparation. Four, and then I've got the four, I've got the two in positive piece in for fourth, four, three, then one and two. Race five at Rosehill Gardens on Saturday is the Iron Jack Silver Slipper Stakes. 1,100 metres set weights for two-year-olds and there's nine left in it on Thursday afternoon, John. Yeah, well, the market's been reshaped here with the uh, short price favourite four moves ahead coming out uh, at one thirty this afternoon. So... Look, um, I thought she was short enough at around the $2.50. She was very impressive on debut. I had her in the numbers. But um, number eight, Dio, is my selection here, the first starter, and uh, will be well and truly into single figures now. He costs $1.1 million. He's the brother to Sunlight, who won this race three years ago. I just like the fact that uh, Team Hawks are kicking him off in this race. They've got a really good record in this race. Of course, John Hawks, when training for Woodlands, won it numerous times. And Team Hawks have had a run of the last seven years. They've had two winners, a second and four third. So none of their seven runners have missed a place. A couple of them have been on debut. His two trials have been good, finishing runner-up in both of them. So I think he's going to be there to run a big race on debut. One, Palele, was impressive, winning at the Valley at his first start. Off a strong tempo, it was really set up for something to close, and he did. He then went to Sydney and won well. He beat direct at the Valley, uh, number six. A well-bred colt from the Lloyd Kennewell yard. He's held on well because he had to take the field up to the tearaway leader in that race. I thought his recent trial in Sydney was good. He's just going to need a little bit of luck early from the tricky gate. And for fourth, I will throw in number five, Home Affairs, who kicked away and looked the winner of the Canterbury. Might have got a bit lost. Also, perhaps got a bit tired. He was run down on the line by Zathus. I thought he could turn the tables on him with that run under the belt. But I like number eight on debut from one, six, and five. Yeah, I like the look of Home Affairs, the well-bred um, half-brother to, to Waysar. He yeah, looked, looked the winner at Onzaboo, but as Joel touched on, grabbed late by Zathus. They meet again here, but I'm going a 
with that run of the belt, I think he can go one better home affairs. Um, very talented colt by the looks of it. One in next Palele, um, done nothing wrong in two starts and done it in Melbourne and in Sydney. Um, did all he had to in a recent trial. The eight in net for third, Dio, and seven, King of Sparta, next best. Five, one, eight, seven. Race six at Rose Hill on Saturday, Parramatta Cup, 1,900 metre listed quality handicap, and uh, Young Rascal and Monagle are out at this stage, Joel. Yeah, I like a couple here. Um, most keen on number nine, Dadoo's Dart. I think it's his time to put his hand up and show us what he's made of here in Australia because he showed glimpses. Last preparation, in particular, second up in the Bill Ritchie, he got within two and a half lengths of Proverville. And then in the Hill Stakes, he looked to have his chance, but he finished fourth at weight for age, where he wasn't suited, and the horses in front of him were pretty handy, Colding, uh, beat home Avilius and Fierce Impact. So it was a pretty strong Hill Stakes. He's had two runs down in Melbourne. They've been okay, settling towards the back and doing his best work late. I think from barrier three up in Troop, he can settle closer. He drops down to 54. Importantly, it's the first time we've seen him in Australia on a on a wet track. All his uh, overseas form was on tracks with Given It. So I think it's uh, it's a D-Day for Dadoo's Dart. I'll have a saver on number 12, Herangawe, this former Kiwi whose best run to date in Australia was third up getting to 1,900 in the Premier's Cup when third behind Mugatu. Uh, sorry, that was fourth up last prep. He's only third up this prep, but he does get to 1,900 and drops to 53 kilos. So I'm just hoping he, you know, he's ready to, to put in a good run at a bit of a price on Saturday. 11 Sacramento is the obvious. He's in form. He's fit. He drops in weight and he'll roll on speed. So he's going to be the one that they all have to catch. And six collide. Another import at uh, having his Australian debut here for Chris Lees. Not knocked around in a recent trial, but he's been kept safe in the opening market. Nine on top for me from 12, 11 and six. Yeah, I thought Heron Garway was um, was a good play in this in this race. Of course, the the heavy track form stands out, or the wet track form stands out. Um, and yeah, that run over nine hundred preparation was, was very good behind Mugger too. Um, just hopefully can improve. I need to improve quite a bit on what he's done in two starts this preparation, but um, I think he gets the conditions to suit and up to the nine hundred meters. Third up, obviously, a couple of ticks as well. So at a big price, um, happy to have a couple each way on the 12. The 11 and next Sacramento, hard to, hard to knock, obviously, being racing in terrific form. Uh, obviously, re reaching peak fitness now. Rolls forward, we take plenty of catching. The six in for third, collide, and then I've got the four, half the glory in next as well. 12, 11, six, and four. Last of the black type races at Rose Hill on Saturday is race seven. It's an interesting one. It's the City Tattersalls Club Hobartville Stakes, 1,400 metres. Group two set weights for three-year-olds. And as we touched on earlier, Joel sees the appearance of the unbeaten Kiwi. Uh, look, I think he's very, very good. He knows where the line is. Three of his four wins have been by very narrow margins. He's just got that killer instinct, this bloke. He's... Um, been very well respected by the markets. So I, you know, I was half expecting him to be sort of third or fourth pick when the first markets went up on Monday, but he's favourite and he's still favourite. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the market does on race day. The market really warmed to one of the Kiwis last week in Brando and he finished last. So just might pay to wait. Um, a few of the big boys might have got their fingers burnt last week and hopefully he gets out to a better price. bit vulnerable at 1,400. 
I think he's uh, very good and can win. Six Prague, really good effort first up in the Eskimo Prince. Drops in weight, so back back to set weight suits. And from the inside draw, doesn't have to get as far back. Three North Pacific, I think will improve sharply on that fresh run in the Eskimo Prince. Getting to 1,400 is a big plus. And seven Lions Raw, I wanted to include in the numbers. Probably going to, well, he will definitely get better over further. A race like the Rose Hill Guineas looks like being his main target. But first up, last prep at 1,400, he beat all bar Mawanga, so I think he can sprint well fresh. One on top for me from 6, 3, and 7. Yeah, with Aegon as well, uh, excellent win in New Zealand first up and um, all that race <clears throat> since since it up well. He can, I think he can measure up here, no doubt. And um, I think a few of those main rivals will probably be good for the run. So I'm on the one, or the one on top with the three. Next, North Pacific, who... Uh, Thought to the eye, I thought it would perform a little better first up, but there was a bit of an excuse. It was galloped on there. Um, I think the 1,400 metres will suit at this stage of his career. The four in next, Peltzer. Um, pleasing win, fresh. And in for fourth, I have the eight, the Eleonora, who I thought was over the odds. has been given a couple of months fresh and since um, uh, winning a Group 3 in Brisbane over 2,200 metres. He's back to the 1,400 metres here. It's obviously a query, but there's one over the trip, and he looks to be... Pretty versatile sort of cult. Um, so I think he can certainly run well and worth <clears throat> chucking into wider exotics at a bigger price. One, three, four, eight. Joel's best on the Rose Hill program was race seven, number one, Aegon, and his value bet race six, number nine, Dadu's Dart. Uh, Daniel's value, we've also thought about, heard about race six, number 12, Heron Garway. Uh, and we briefly discussed at the start of the show, Daniel, uh, your best, which uh, comes up in the first number yeah, 11, Bowmaster. For this one, but he's just the hype around him is enormous, and it's it's deserved from what he's done. There's two wins in Victoria, um, a Kyneton maiden win, and then that Mooney Valley win was um, was outstanding to the eye. Very big trial leading into this, um, and down on 54 kilos. Very hard to beat in the first race one, number 11. There is a black type event in. Adelaide on Saturday on the course proper at Morfordville. It is race eight, the Lord Reams Stakes, 2,600 metres, group three, set weights and penalties. It uh, is the traditional Adelaide Cup lead-up and your best on the program comes up in this race. Yeah, Charlie Daniel. Rose, like, like sort of our muster, no fancy price. It'll be about seventy on the last looked, but um, look, she's a super, a super talent, a really... A, Promising stayer on the rise, and she ran, was last seen in the bag on New Year's Day, and it was um, a demolition job there. She won by seven lengths, stepping up to that trip for the first time. Uh, form prior to that was very good. Had three wins and a second in four runs prior. So she, she's down to 54 and a half kilos in this. Um, I think she's a, yeah, as I said, a super talent. Would be, be too good for these, I would have thought. So she's my best, and obviously the top pick in the race. The three long arm in next. It was a dogged effort to win um, last start, beating Yulong U- Captain. Got the got the nose down at the right time. He um, drops from 16.5 to 56 here. And, um, he's only had the six starts, but he can certainly go close in a race of this nature. The two, Epidumont, and the 10, Tarns Prince, um, in, third, in for third and fourth. 12, 3, 2, 10. All righty, and Shalee Rose, your best. Your value bet comes up earlier on the program, race five, number nine, She owes me Dream. this mare, I uh, must admit. I've had her as an 
each way or a value bet, I think, two times in the past probably year or so. And one of those she's flopped and the other she ran third at a big, uh, ran a place at a big price. Um, she's just when she sort of teases a, a good run, she was known to put in she, a bad one next start. She doesn't really put a string two together. I'm hoping she can buck the trend though this time around. She was excellent in Moorville over 1600 metres last start. Um, so really keen to see her up to the 1800 metres. I think that's a, she's a better horse um, at that sort of trip. Uh, drops to 54 kilos and drawn to do no work. So ticks a few boxes dream. She's, um, as I said, there's a bit of concerns how genuine she can be at times, but the talent is clearly there. And if she races up to her best, I think she can certainly go close in this race five, number nine. No, Joel, any thoughts on Adelaide this week? In Brisbane, they're racing at Eagle Farm, Daniel, and uh, fairly uh, not massive mm. fields for a Brisbane Saturday meeting, but uh, you've found a couple of winners for us, starting in race five with uh, the Joe Pride trainer, yeah, Royal the Witness. Trainer sort of telling us something with the, um, the concerns about the Eagle Farm track and how firm it can get. There's been plenty of rain around Brisbane, so we'll see what sort of um, condition the track comes up on Saturday. Doombin, I think, is a soft seven or heavy eight at the moment, so they're racing today there. And uh, But Eagle Farm, very good draining, so wouldn't be a surprise to see it in the good four um, come Saturday. In, with all that said, I'm with, I'm pretty keen on Royal Witness in the fifth race. Only two lengths off Written Beauty first up. He's um, been taken up north before for the Joe Pride stable, and he's had plenty of success when taken up here. Um, I think he's a very backable price, around $5, and he'll sort of be following Kylie everywhere it goes, and I think it'll be hard to hold out, Royal Witness. Eagle Farm, race five, number two. The value comes up in race seven with the eight, the Cullinan. thought it was excellent on the Sunshine Coast last start. I was sort of got in a, an awkward spot there, got a long way back and was caught three wide out without cover. Had plenty to do on the bend, but he, um, he really... But down nicely late, kept coming. It was a tough effort and, and did well to finish third and as close as he did. He won at this track at Eagle Farm two starts back. Um, the stable and jockey combination are in really good form at the moment, um, both together and, and separately as well. So over the odds, I think, at $9 a Cullinan and worth an each-way ticket. Race seven, number eight. Anything in Brisbane, Joe? Uh, race two. Smallish field. Listeners will know I mentioned Oakfield Missile last week at a bit of a price, and they scratched her, and she pops up here. Unfortunately, there's another horse in the race that I've been following, and I'd rather stick with, and number six, Dalat Titanas is. It's a bit of a mouthful, but he's got talent this bloke. They've been working on getting him to settle in his races, and he's starting to come to hand nicely. He was a strong win at Eagle Farm. He was back like winks. I think he, he went up maybe 4 or $5, and he got into odds on. Uh, with no deductions, and he won like an odds-on favourite. So I think he's, he's going through the grades well. Steps up to Saturday grade. I think he's more than up to it. And I think at the prices, you know, I, I think he should be a lot shorter than a horse like Oakfield Missile, who I do have a bit of time for, but you know, happy to stick with that. Race two, number six. Yeah, that name reminds me a bit of the uh, old joke about when does Saddam Hussein have his dinner? The answer being same time as Tarek as is, which uh, <laughs> probably a well before your time. That dates back to the first Gulf War. Uh, speaking of being called in mind of the early 90s, there is a um, 
There's a stakes race at Ascot on Saturday. It is race eight. It is the detonator stakes listed event. Over 1,800 metres always brings to mind the hit for Melissa to Couch back in the early 1990s. Uh, Read My Lips, which included the memorable rhyming couplet, If You Want to Wait Till Later, Hands Off My Detonator. BJ uh, Ryan, well, I've seen that before your time as well. She was a big star, big star in a thing called E Street, which was like the biggest thing on TV for a while there because just sort of started off as a standard soap and then they brought in this serial killer called Mr. Bad. Took a dark and all of a sudden, sudden it's just the biggest thing on TV. Uh, anyway, BJ's with Trap for Fools in that, in that race, which, uh, you know, is a, is a set weights and penalties and uh, somehow Trap for Fools gets in with 56 and a half. Only three and a half over the minimum, and actually getting weight off a couple of them. So, uh, but it is—he does stress it's a wide open race, and in fact, Trap for Fools is uh, at about eight bucks uh, to beat Montalina, Last of the Line, and the Big Show. So that would be three to beat sixteen, thirteen, and five. BJ's best on the Ascot program is race six, number four, Resort Man. And his value bet race nine, number four, My Fair Ballantyne. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman, Joel, they're racing at Ellerslie and Ascot Park. Yeah, Ellerslie. It's Avondale Guineas Day. Uh, Avondale have run their, their feature meetings at Ellerslie for a few years now. I think earlier in the week, it was looking like it was going to be Avondale Guineas at Ellerslie moved to Tarapa. Uh, but restrictions have eased a little bit in New Zealand, so they can race at Ellerslie. Uh, my best bet is race four, number one, ever so easy. He debuted in stakes grade, broke through for his maiden win at start four, went straight back up to a group race last time out. I thought he ran pretty well for fourth behind no name, uh, behind no name ever's son, whose name escapes me, but it was a good effort at group three level. I think back to benchmark 65 grade really does suit. I think he is a stakes class horse. He's got 60 and a half, so he's got a bit of weight. I think he's definitely the best horse in the race and can win. And my value bet is in the Avondale Guineas, race seven, number 13, Illa Far. Now, this is the sole filly taking on the boys in this race. We saw in the Waikato Guineas last week, the fillies run one, two. I think it's uh, it's a good year for the for the three-year-old girls in New Zealand. And I think Illa Far can uh, make amends for a bit of a luckless run. Last week, she ran in the... Phillies feature last week and ran fourth behind Amaralina. She got badly checked halfway up the straight, picked herself up and hit the line well for fourth. She's run well at Ellerslie before. So I think she's definitely going to take some beating in one of the features. And Ascot Park down in the South Island is the other meeting. The best bet comes up in race three, and it's number three, Good On Ya, who's really come through the grades quickly this prep. A couple of the black tie placings at his last couple including a weight for age race last start where he was badly treated at the weights. Uh, back to an open handicap here. He's quite well in with the 55 and a half. And my value bet is race six, which is the Southland Guineas. I've gone for a maiden number three, Milford Sound. He's been hitting the line well in his races. I think the step up to 1600 definitely suits. Just hopes, hopefully he can jump away a bit cleanly, a bit cleaner from the inside gate. He's been missing the start a bit, which hasn't been helping his cause. Alrighty, that takes care of Saturday. There's also some black type on Friday night at the Valley in race seven, the Alinta Energy Typhoon Tracy Stakes. Joel, and uh, you've found one. It's some nice double yeah, figure I have. odds. Um, haven't seen, oh, I 
she, haven't seen that she scratched from either venue. She's also entered for Morfittville. Speaking of smoking Val, I thought her run at the Valley last time, albeit an easier race, was very good. She got back second half of the field, was doing her best work late to get up for second. Uh, just like the fact that Damien Oliver stuck with her, she drops back from 59.5 to 56. As I said, this is a tougher test, but I thought she was worth a bit of a look at odds. I thought highly discreet, number 10, 11, Rainbeal, and 1, Makrura also had chances. A pretty tricky race, though. You can make a case for quite a few. I can tell you that, in fact, she is running there because uh, she's been scratched from Morfittville, Smoke and Val, I speak of. Um also, Black Type indeed on Sunday, which is at Launceston uh, for the Tassie Oaks, which is uh, going to be a fairly cheap little listed race for somebody. Um, you might recall on Hobart, uh, as we previewed Hobart Cup Day, there were three or four absolute standouts who couldn't possibly get beaten. Well, most of them did get beaten. Um, Heller, the unbeaten filly, was the only one of them that won. And... Uh, Scott Brunton has always said that Heller wouldn't run both in the strut stakes, which was that race, and the Tassie Oaks, and uh, I think she's got bigger fish to fry on the mainland. Uh, and that leaves Checkerboard, who was well in her wake in the strut stakes, but four lengths ahead of Mystique Falcon uh, and various others in this Tasmanian Oaks. So you would think that the Coolmore, Lindsay Park, Philly, Checkerboard, can get this job done, it's under, I'd say it's not even any further. It's over the same distance as the strut stakes and uh, on level weights. There's, a, there's three additional challenges coming over from Victoria, but just taking a line through checkerboards, um, fifth at Flemington two starts ago, probably have those, have two of those covered anyway, and that leaves my squeeze, Louise, from uh, the Dennis Pagan Philly, who... Um, is coming out of a maiden. So, oh, look, I think checkerboard is a fairly safe anchor leg for the first leg of your quaddy and a very safe anchor leg for your second leg is Turk Warrior. Uh, it's the Magic Millions two-year-old classic. Can't see Turk, Turk Warrior getting rolled. Doesn't appear to be anything uh, remarkable in the unraced ones there. So you would think Turk Warrior. So you'd think it'd just go blonk, blonk, one, one for your first two legs and turn your quaddy into a daily double. That wraps up the preview section of the program, brings us to our best $20 bets for the weekend, as we like to call them, Lazy Lobsters. G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, February 20. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual is Jackpot Joel Marshall. Dynamite Dan should be with us any minute now. But Joel, Blue Diamond Day at Caulfield highlights Saturday's racing. And look, we can often uh, probably add a bit of mayo to... uh, our descriptions of the day's racing, but what a cracking card this is. Uh, not massive fields throughout the day, apart from the diamond itself and the Oakley Plate, um, but just some really intriguing races, and all three Group 1s, absolutely sensational. 
Yeah, indeed, Bark. So there's a, a real cracking day's racing there at Caulfield on Saturday. Futurity Stakes is a really strong lineup. We've got uh, three-year-old Flavor with uh, obviously the dual group one winner Ole Kirk and the, the uh, Stakes performers Amish Boy and Crosshaven. Then we've got the genuine sort of proven group one horses in Behemoth, Acadia Queen and Probabile, and Streets of Avalon coming off his second Group 1 win. So the Futurities are really are, is a real highlight. And, of course, you've got the big fields, as you said, the Diamond and the Oakley Plate. So it's, uh, yeah, really good days racing. And even up in Sydney, we've got a pretty strong card up there too, although it looks like we're going to be on another wet track. Well, no great surprise, I guess, at this time of year. But you're right, Sydney, um, well, we've got the Silver Slipper, which produced the Golden Slipper winner last year and looks very strong version again this year and you've got the first of the real star kiwis coming across in agon joel uh, uh, so plenty to look forward to at rose hill yeah indeed look the hobartville stakes is a really intriguing clash as you mentioned the the kiwi star agon's coming across i'm a huge fan of his he comes across unbeaten like his father did uh, several years ago sacred falls he came over unbeaten. He kicked off his autumn in the Royal Sovereign at 1,200. He was beaten there. He was also beaten in the Randwick and Rosehill Guineas, and then they freshened it, although they brought him back in trip, and he won the Doncaster. So, look, I think kicking off at 1,400 is definitely better for Aegon. He's still a bit vulnerable, but, uh, yeah, exciting to see what he does up against some pretty good uh, yardsticks in North Pacific, Peltzer, and uh, two-year-old Group 1 winner, King's Legacy even. So it's a, it'll be a good test for him. Daniel, welcome. Um, the big one, of course, on Saturday is the Diamond itself. Uh, Enthar seems to have been favourite for it since day dot. Drifted a bit after uh, drawing barrier 14 on Tuesday. But, look, um, just two very, very impressive wins uh, with the form behind her uh, very much stacking up. But I see both you and Joel have uh, managed to find something else. What's your thinking there without giving a tip away? Yeah, look, it's not not so much a, a knock on the favourite. Um, I guess just in these these bigger fields, um, and so much still till to learn with a lot of them. Um, try and find something a bit at a bit of a bigger price. So uh, she'll be hard to beat, no doubt. The favourite, but I thought um, there was something else at a bigger odds. But I think you know it's a pretty open addition outside the the favourite. I think it's a good um, a good race for some wider exotics and multiples. I think there's some at a, at a big price that are well over their true odds because of that. Such a short price of the favourite, but I'm um, look, looking forward to the the contest. Obviously, the the wider draw makes it much more intriguing. From the, the wider draw, Frenthar makes it much more intriguing. And um, as always, Blue Diamond Stakes Day just a really competitive day of day racing. So um, keen to keen to get stuck in. And, yes, and indeed. Look, if you worry, if you worry about the uh, wide draw for Enthar, I can advise that four of the last seven Blue Diamond winners have jumped from double figure barriers, including. Earthquake from 15 and written by from 15. And uh, Dan, not that Daniel is scared of wide barriers because his tip's jumping from a wide gate too. But we will take you right through the card at Caulfield on Saturday because it is all black type all the time. And we start with race one, Ned's Mornington Cup Prelude, 2,000 metre listed quality handicap goal with young rascal expression. Yeah, I've learned the way of number three, Wolf. He's been racing pretty well up in Sydney. He's uh, won at Caulfield before, having won the Coongee in 2019. It's been a while between wins, but he needs dry ground. He hasn't always had that in the past 18 months. And 
He'll roll forward and give you a good sight, I would have thought, from six hangman, four uh, defibrillate, who couldn't be split at this track last time out. I think they both got strong winning uh, winning claims again. And eight Dawson Diva, who was wide throughout in that race and I thought ran pretty well. She's got a bit of uh, bit of an upset hope, I think. Three on top for me from six, four, and eight. You're not a race of high confidence. I've gone with the favourite on top, Defibrillade. Um, it's hard to it's hard to knock this preparation. He's he's low flying, and the form around him has has really stood up, especially that um, Caulfield and Flemington wins, three starts back and two starts back respectively. He was excellent dropping back in trip last start, um, back up to the two thousand metres to only suit him. Um, and just doesn't know how to run a bad race. So he's on top. I think the six hangman, though, is good to see him back to some sort of form. Um, I say that in terms of winning. I guess it was a dead heat, but winning form. He hadn't won for such a long time um, before the last start. Dead heat with defibrillate. Um, but he had sort of been going okay um, without reward, I guess. So um, I think he's a definite chance for sure. Wolf will obviously appreciate the, uh, the dry surface and will roll along in front, take some catching and the nine also Aussie nugget being racing well up in, up in grade here, but uh, deserves a crack at this level. Um, was an excellent win at Caulfield last start um, over the mile. And I think we'll appreciate this longer trip four, six, three and nine. Yes. I couldn't see why to jump off to fibrillate either to beat Aussie nugget, uh, hangman and wolf. So different order Aussie nugget, does face a challenge there, seven and a half kilos out of a handicap, but uh, what couldn't Jamie Carr do at the moment? Four, nine, six, and three for me. Race two, Ned's Zedative Stakes, 1,200 metres set weights and penalties for three-year-old Colts and Geldings, a group three event. Joel, only seven as we speak on Thursday to face the starter with Bowmaster to run in Sydney. Drawn wide up there. Interesting to see how Valmaster goes. Uh, jumping out of the trees to uh, spruik him. And um, I see our, uh, or rather best bets, as uh, Sydney uh, analyst who was copying a bit of flack on Twitter for not having Valmaster in the top four, Joel. But I digress. What about the Zedity? Yes, it will be exciting to see Valmaster up in Sydney. He opened eighty, I think, in both races. So, uh, yeah, big wraps on him. And I think there's pretty decent wraps on another unbeaten three-year-old. And I'm with him, number seven, Oxley Road. Here he trialled super in New Zealand. Uh, he's part owned by Singapore trainer Stephen Gray. Elected to send him over here to Peter Moody. And well, I thought he gave him a pretty soft kill down the straight at Flemington. It was never in doubt. This is a bit tougher, but I don't think of a, you know, an awful lot tougher. I think you know he's a full brother to Exceedance. He's got a bit of pedigree behind him and certainly looks to have a bit of talent. So he's on top for me from five. It's our time. Comes back from the 1400. We seem to have a pretty good run there behind Poland. He battled on quite well. His prior two wins were strong. And then the Godolphin pair, three Valaquenta. Didn't have much hope first up. He was wide back, uh, never really on the track. It was a tough run. He can improve. And two conceited, interesting runner. We haven't seen him since the Magic Millions two-year-old classic in 2020. So he's had a long time off. Hard to get a bit of a read on him. But uh, he certainly showed a bit in that first prep. Seven on top for me from five, three, and two. I'm going to, be, I'm going to go with the five. It's our time on top. Um, I guess it's obviously a little bit of a query, 14 back to 1,200 metres, but um, that, that autumn stakes third in that group two holds him in good stead here. Uh, and Jamie Carr takes her eye with the um, injury to Fred Kersley. So the five on top for me, I've got three in next Valaquenta. Um, probably forgive the margin first up when caught wide there. Um, can improve second up. And 
thought his spring form without winning was um, was pretty handy around some had some good horses. The two conceded first up for a while, as Joel touched on, but obviously plenty of talent. This Colt and the seven in for fourth, Oxley Road five three two seven. Uh, for me in that race, I've going for it's our time as well to beat Grand Pope Valaquinta and Oxley Road five eight three and seven. Race three. At the Heath on Saturday is the Neds Angus Armanasco stakes. This one's for three-year-old fillies. It's over 1,400 metres, but it's also a set weights and penalties. And this is a group two, Joel. Yeah, tricky little race. Uh, not one I'm sorry I want to get too involved in, but I've gone with eight Miss Guggenheim, who certainly showed enough in her career to date. It was a good maiden win first up in the spring. She then went to the manifold, didn't have much go right, still ran well. Uh, so she's still you know, quite unexposed. She's by Dundee, out of Shani Rose, who was a good sprinter. So I'm not sure what her right distance is going to be. I think kicking off over 1,400 is suitable. Uh, three, Malicorn looks the hardest to beat. thought it was a good effort stepping up in grade in the Kevin Hayes last time out. Behind La Mexicana, who just continues to go to a, a new level. Only Mr. Quinella once in eight goes. So she's very honest, is Malicorn. I think five, Impecunious, has the potential to be the best horse in the race. Just they had that little setback with her. She was a late scratching behind the gates. Uh, it was, I think it might have been the Boxing Day meeting. And she's been into it a couple of times and hasn't hasn't stepped out. So just where they've had a bit of an issue with her, she certainly looks very talented. Watch the betting uh, for a bit more of a guide. And two, Chica Fuerte. We'll probably get better as she gets over further. But uh, did finish second to Camborne over the 1,400 last prep. Eight on top for me from three, five, and two. Big for become a big fan of the Philly Malicorn. This preparation, she's um she's been excellent in her three starts. It was an easy, an easy all the way win first up at the Valley, and her two runs since at Flemington and Caulfield have both been excellent. Um, both behind informed ones in Zesty Bell and and especially La Mexicana. She was a couple more strides, probably wins the race in that Group Three a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm ready to pick now fourth up, I think, and. And ready for the 1,400 metres. Uh, she's finished in the Quinella, seven of eight starts. And the stable, Matt Laurie's stable are flying at the moment. So pretty keen on Malicorn. She's my best of the day at Caulfield. Got the five in next in Pecunius. Yeah, we don't know how good this filly is. Um, her one start in, in Australia was was excellent. Um, sort of a slow, slow getaway there and, and really raced away when hitting the lead. Um, given time since then, but just how good can she be? The two, oh, sorry, the four in next safe passage um, comes out of a midweek race, um, but going going well and deserves a crack at this level and looks like fourteen hundred metres will suit. And Miss Guggenheim in for four, uh, fresh winner last preparation three five four and eight. Impecunious for me to beat Malacorn, Safe Passage, and Chica Fuerte five three four two. Race four at Caulfield on Saturday. Premier Science Mannerism Stakes. 1,400 metres for the Mayors, four years old and up. Also set weights and penalties. And this one is a Group 3, and it sees uh, the return of the Grant and Alana Williams and William Pike team with Perfect Jewel. And winning post's eight-person tips panel is uh, surprisingly unanimous in support of Perfect Jewel, Joel. Yeah, that just never happens, does it? I think... Uh... Winks has probably been there. So, yeah, Winks struggles to get out <laughs> So this must be an absolute moral. Uh, look, she's very well treated at the weights here. Only two kilos between her and, and those other mares. And she, should, you know, should be giving away plenty more than that. She was a first up winner of the Cockrum last prep. Kicking off at 1,400. So 
that's a, you know, a little bit different. Never easy to win over that trip first up, especially for you know, a horse that perhaps isn't a natural stayer. Um, so that's the one little negative, but I think she's the, the one to beat. Two sovereign rewarders had the run under the belt. She probably went a bit too keen there in the oar stakes, found herself in front and and faded there, beaten 10 lengths. So she's got a, you know, a little bit of ground to, to make up, but this is obviously an easier task and she will have uh, trimmed up a bit for that. Three rich hips. She can be a bit in and out, but she's got a really devastating finish on her when she decides to produce it, when things are sort of, uh, you know, made to order for her. So she'll be finishing strongly and seven Lunicorn next best. Uh, first up since December, not a long break. So she should have some residual fitness and she should get a pretty good run from the inside gate. Just not sure she's up to beating some of these. One on top for me from two, three and seven. Yeah, well, obviously well underway. It's perfect jewel. Um, excellent fresh horse winning three of six and um, it? <clears throat> the last preparation first up winner. She... Her spring campaign was was pretty good after that. She was competitive in a Group 1 Maccabi Diva at Wait for Age and then uh, stock stakes next time out. Um, she, was ne- she was never... She, while she only did win the one race last spring, she was always thereabouts. Um, I think I expect her to be too classy. Here first up, two Sovereign Award in next. Can certainly improve on the, the first up effort when just going too keenly out in front. She's won two of three, second up. Uh, in for third, I got the five, Moonlight Maid. She'll obviously peak over a little bit further than this, but um, talented mare who has raced well over these sort of distances fresh before. Um, and in for fourth, we've got the six neighbourhood. One, two, five, six. And to read more about Moonlight Made, check out your winning post this week. Daniel has interviewed trainer Mitchell Friedman. My selection's perfect jewel to beat Rich Hips, Lunicorn and Neighbourhood. One, three, seven and six. Race five. At the Heath on Saturday is the Zerko Data Autumn Classic, 1800 metres, Group 2 set weights for three-year-olds, Joel. Yeah, I've gone to, for the fillies here down towards the bottom to run one, two. I've gone for 10, Paru on top, this daughter of Fastnet Rock. She's coming along really well. It was a good effort at Sandown where she was up in weight, up in class. Uh, that was two runs back, and then she went up in distance to the mile, and that proved... Vital, she sat right on speed. She was able to maintain that good gallop there. I thought it was a strong win. I don't think the step up in distance is going to be any hassle for her. Uh, Fontaine Ruby, her dam, was able to get up over some ground and perform well. 11 butter chickens, an interesting runner. She's been kept fresh since winning her maiden at Packham back on June 21. It was the same maiden that her stable mate, nonconformist, won. Uh, he went on to win at Caulfield and then finished second this day last year in the Autumn Classic. So the, the Beg team sort of used a similar prep, although she's been kept fresh since that maiden win. Uh, out of a Galileo mare by Savabeel, should have plenty of upside. And then to the boys, three young Werther. He was okay first up, 1,400 metres. That's probably not his right trip. He'll be a lot fitter for that and expect him to improve sharply. And for Milton Park, well, I was keen on him last week. I don't know what went on there. He settled last and... Just never got into the race. You know, I think nine out of ten people's speed maps had him leading or sitting outside the lead, and, and he was back last, so it was a bit of a forgive run. He can certainly bounce back without surprising. Ten on top for me from 11, 3, and 4. Yeah, and with the 10, Perura as well here. Um, yeah, up 13, 1,300 metres, 1,600 metres last start, and, and she really relished it getting, getting the gun run outside the leader, but... Was too strong for him late. Um, as that former round Thunder Peak, the start prior is 
run well in the group race last Saturday. I think she can keep improving as she gets up in trip. Um, and she's obviously had good grounding, this preparation, rock hard fit. And yeah, pretty keen on her, just 55 kilos on her back for 10. Got the three in next, uh, young Werther, who look, was never winning hope really from the sort of, um, well, as they turned, was well off them. But his late work there was, was pretty good. They went too quick out in front and the leaders sort of, um, well, those up on the speed had, were the ones who sort of came to the fore. But his, his last bit of work was good there. He's, he'll obviously improve up to 800 metres. He um, only just missed Quay Quay over that trip last preparation. Uh, Butter Chicken, uh, very progressive filly in the numbers, as well as the four Milton Park, who I think can bounce back um, from that run Joel alluded to last start. Uh, his two wins, first and second up, were pretty impressive. 10-3-4-11 for me. Uh, young Verta, for me, uh, is the certainly the rating certainty in this race to beat Parura, Butter Chicken and Alvarado, 3-10-11 and 2. Race six, first leg of the quaddy, first of the group ones at Caulfield on Saturday is the Lamaro South Melbourne Futurity Stakes, 1,400 metres, standard weight for age, group one worth half a million, 10 in it, Joel. I'm going with the three-year-old Colt Ole Kirk, number eight. I thought his first up run was pretty good in the English sprint. He got back. It's always going to have a bit to do. Uh, he looked late on his run. Uh, you know, similar sort of effort to his first up run in the spring. He'll be a lot fitter for that. He'll get the soft run. Team Hawks uh, have used this race before with their uh, with the three-year-olds, uh, three-year-old Colts to, to good effect. And I think he's... Yeah, getting out to a pretty backable price, around six fifty-seven dollars. I think that's a fair enough price for him. From one behemoth, really established himself as a Group One horse in the spring with his wins in the Memsey and Rupert Clark. Terrific first up win in Adelaide. Seven probably. Or speaking of terrific first up wins, that was excellent. At Caulfield first up. This is a lot tougher. You know, Paul's regret was running second to her, so you know that wasn't um, might not have been a great deal of depth behind her. But she sat three deep and and won like the class act she is. And 10 Crosshaven, the other three-year-old blinkers going on. Might just spark him up a little bit after a good return in the oar. He probably had his chance there. Uh, so he would need to improve a length or two because this is tougher. But he's got that good racing pattern where you can't uh, take him lightly. Eight on top for me from 1, 7 and 10. Yeah, I like the two mares here. I'm with the seven probably on top of the six. Arcadia Queen, uh, yeah, far easier race. First up probably at 60 kilos, three wide and... And far too, far too good for them there. She <clears throat> won over this trip, second up last time in. Won an Epsom when sitting wide the start, the next start. Um, and I think back to 57 kilos, she can certainly um, put forward a good case here. So she's on my top pick. The six Arcadia Queen, we saw the best of her last prep at the 2,000 metres, but she's a versatile mare. She goes well fresh um, and she's, she likes the firm tracks. The one in next behemoth, did what he was expected to do first up. Um, and we know how good his Caulfield form in Group 1 races. He won two two of them over this track and trip last preparation. And in for fourth, I have the eight, Ole Kirk. Seven to beat six, one and eight. I'm with the big boy Behemoth to beat the two mares, Probabile and Arcadia Queen and Ole Kirk for fourth, one, seven, six and eight. Race seven is the big one. It is the Neds. Blue Diamond Stakes, 1,200 metres. Group one, set weights for two-year-olds with one and a half million jobs. 
You know, gone for seven Artorius here, just hoping he can uh, sort of keep in touch early and he doesn't get too far off them. He's a pretty good colt, I think, this bloke. He's had wide gates to contend with both runs. He just stood up Jigsaw, too much of a start on debut at Geelong, but I thought it was a terrific effort behind him. Jigsaw's subsequent effort in the Blue Diamond Prelude was excellent, so I like that just to frank the form. And then Artorius went to Sandown again, drifted back from a wide gate, but let down with a powerful sprint. Put four and a half lengths on his nearest rival. This is a lot harder. But I think it's 17 or $18. He's uh, sort of slipping under the radar to some degree, and I think he's definitely up to winning this. Eight Jigsaw in for second. He's the other bet in the race for mine. I thought his prelude run was very good. He was wide. He, he didn't give up at all. He kept coming right to the line. I like the good barrier for him. Uh, 13 Enthar. No knock on her. Just the She's had the two wins over 1,000 and looked super. Um, she's just going to need a, a few things to pan out. I think the wide gate's okay for her because she's got that good speed and, and can probably negate that. I just thought she was, you know, perhaps a little bit short. So that's why I've sort of gone around her as a top selection, but she can certainly win. And I've thrown 10 Marine 1 in as a bit of a roughie. I probably would have preferred him drawing well, but the blinkers go on. His two runs to date this prep have had merit without a lot of luck, and, and perhaps he's not going to get that luck again. But uh, I'll throw him in for fourth. Seven... Artorius for me from 8, 13 and 10. With the five, Animo, the Godolphin Colts, I think his three starts today have been excellent. He was, without much luck on debut at Caulfield, um, I thought he was <clears throat> ridden along nicely there and then lowered the colours of the well-backed Forbes in that listed race at Sandown. Before heading for a spell, he was first up in that prelude behind General Bow, come on the inside there and, and just missed that horse. I think he's really going to be suited to the rise of 1,200 metres. Um, certainly worth a worth an each-way bet in this. So five on top of the 13. And uh, it's, as I said, just sort of, as I said earlier, just try and find something at a bit of a bigger price to play instead of back in the $2 favourite. She's certainly deserves that price and what um, she was able to do in Sydney. Yeah, and that form stood up from that race and then far too good as a short favourite last start. The one in for third, General Bow, and the seven, um, I agree with Joel. I think Artorius deserves some sort of a push in this as well. He'll be going in into Mike Waddy. 5, 13, 1 and 7. Yeah, well, my brother hopes you're right about Artorius because he part owns the horse that ran second to it uh, at Sandown, albeit well beaten. Uh, it won't surprise anyone to learn that I'm going for the obvious in Infart, but General Bow, Jigsaw and Finance Tycoon, 13, 1, 8, and three, last of the Group 1's third leg of the Quaddy at Caulfield on Saturday is another cracker. It's race eight. It is the Ned's Oakley Plate, 1,100-metre handicap, genuine handicap here, eight k's between top and bottom and 18 horses in it. Uh, no surprise, Joel, that both your and my value bet are here in the Oakley Plate. Yeah, that's right. Just looking at the, the winning post tips this column, I think five of the eight have gone with their value bet. In this race, so that's the sort of race it is, and you could probably have 10 picks and, and get knocked out of the quaddy. Uh, but I'm with nine Brooklyn Hustle. I think if she's going to win a group one, this is her race. She's a real talent, she just needs a little bit of luck to go her way. She settles second half of the field, she's going to get strong pace on. I think 1100 is her right sort of distance. She hasn't won at it, but I think it's going to be perfect for her. She won first up last prep, didn't beat a lot. She was just far too good for them. But then she measured right up, third in the McEwen, fourth at the Group 1 Moya, and fourth in the Group 1 Manicato. So 
I think with 52 kilos, she's waited to win. I liked her recent trial behind Ancestry. She was getting to the line strongly. I think this is the her chance to get a group one, and she's a good divvy. I'll definitely be having something also on 15, Portland Sky. Now, the three-year-olds have a good, strong presence in, this, in the race this year. I, I think he's right in it. Beat Asar and Tagaloa. They ran really well last week, so the Manford form's held up to some degree. I think he's sort of got genuine excuses for a couple of his unplaced runs. I think he's going to be putting himself up close to the speed and, and give you a great sight. Six Ancestry. He's been favourite for this race for quite a while. This is his toughest test today. He went through the, the grades last prep and looked outstanding. He's got great speed. He's been trialling well. He's going to look the winner, I think, at the 200, just whether he can cling on. And two, Dirty Work. He's a really good 1,100-metre horse. He's had five wins from 11 goes at the distance. He's got that Guitra Classic Legend form line, which should be really strong here. That's why he's got the 57. But uh, I don't think that's a weight that he, he can't win with. He's just going to need to get out at the right time from that inside draw. Nine on top for me from 15, six and two. And Joel's already given a pretty good push for one of mine. That's the 15 for my pick, and that's the 15 Portland Sky. Um, yeah, he's... Is is for you look at his form, he's got the three wins from six starts, but those um couple of forgive efforts there, including the first that one in Brisbane, was just never on the track after settling in the back half of the field. Then was able to control things from the front in the Manfred last start. The um, second and third horse have come out and won the run the Quinella last weekend. So Frank the form, he plummets and weights the from fifty eight and a half to fifty kilos. He's drawn well here and um as I've mentioned earlier, the stable are flying at the moment, Matt Laurie. So I think he can run a big race, Portland Sky. Um, you know, it always what is a, a tough contest, the Oakley Plate to, to the Cypher. So 15 on top of the eight bold star. This horse hasn't won for a while, but he's going really well. His recent form uh, around some very handy horses, very good for this. He will be flying home. He His first up run was pleasing, second in the Rubiton. His fresh form prior to that wasn't great. He only had the one win from six starts and no minor placing. So it was good to see him return in the fashion that he did. Um, he has two wins from, th- from three starts, second up. So he does improve with the run under his belt. And with the lightweight, he'll be, he'll be certainly finishing strongly. Uh, the six in next ancestry uh, on pace, who can maintain some high cruising speed. And then for third and for fourth, I've got the two dirty work. Um, bit of a fan of his 15, eight, six and two. Listeners might recall that my, uh, Big value tip last week was Elite Street in the Lightning Stakes, who did not get warm at any stage of the race. So it might surprise you to learn that I'm backing up with uh, Celebrity Queen here, who uh, was second to Elite Street in that Group 1 Winterbottom last campaign. But uh, look, Mayors, Mayors in the Oakley Plate, they've won uh, five of the last eight. Uh, And that weight that she's got... um, which is uh, 53 and a half. That's about the right weight for this race, I think, um, to beat Ancestry, Portland Sky and Dirty Work. So 7, 6, 15 and 2. Now, what is wrong with my uh, tips on a fast fact, fast facts basis? Well, probably a lot of things wrong with them, but uh, all my horses are drawn in. Five of the last six Oakley Plate winners have jumped from double-figure barriers and uh, four of those five have been from either 14 or 15. So uh, that is something else to bear in mind. We finish at Caulfield with race nine. And that is a race by the name of the Carlton Draft Peter Young Stakes, 
1,800 metres, standard weight for age, a group two. And as we talked to you on Thursday afternoon, Papalino has been withdrawn, leaving 11. Joel? Non-conformist for me. I think he's got to stand up and and show that he's, uh, you know, he's taken that next step, this preparation. And, and I think he will. I thought his first up run was good against a, a very moderate tempo. Best of days, just stacked them up, controlled the speed, gave a good kick and won. And I thought non-conformist got to the line really well. He's going to be settling second half of the field from that draw. Hopefully there's a little bit more speed engaged here. And if there is, I think he'll be very hard to beat. 11 Miss Siska won this race last year. She seems to have come back in good order after a couple of stop-start preps where she hasn't showed her best up in Sydney. I thought the fresh run in the Carline Cup was good. Four, Angel of Truth. was very good in the CFO. I thought they might have gone forward, but he was a bit slow away. They settled last. He had good late splits. He can settle a lot closer here. And three, Homesman. He won't be too far from the lead. He's a pretty good performer at this level, sitting up on the speed and is suited at weight for age. Nine on top for me from 11, four, and three. With the eight, shared ambition, it was the changed the tactics somewhat last uh, first up at Randwick, sat much closer than he, he usually does, and uh, beat a promising one in Mount Popa there with the big weight. Back to Melbourne now. He's two for two at Courtfield, um, and I'm hoping he can string a few wins together. He certainly teased last preparation, but... It was a little bit costly to punters. I think with that win under the belt first up, he can, he can go right on with it. The eight, uh, he's on top. The nine, in next non-conformist, um, pleasing return. Um, he's obviously suited up to the right, up to the 1,800 metres. Night's watch, I think, giving one more chance. I got back of a, a slowish tempo last start and, and did make some ground past a few horses late. Only three lengths from best of days. Um, obviously, the, 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 the um, fact he hasn't won for some time is, is a query, but I think his preparation, he's been... He's going well in his three starts. And in for fourth, I uh, have the 12, which is Paradis. 8, 9, 7, 12. Uh, my number is very similar to Joel's. Non-conformist to beat Miss Siska Holmesman. And I've chucked in yet another Sandgroper in Regal Power. 9, 11, 3 and 1. My best race 5, number 3, Young Verta. Value bet race eight, number seven, Celebrity Queen. Joel's best we just heard about was race nine, number nine, Nonconformist. His value bet also in the Oakley Plate race eight, number nine, Brooklyn Hustle. Daniel's best race three, number three, Malacorn. And value bet is race five, number 10, Parure. Sydney racing on Saturday is at Rosehill Gardens. And uh, as we discussed earlier, there is some... Pretty uh, pretty high-quality racing, as you'd expect there. And the first of the black-type races at Rose Hill on Saturday is going to be race four, and that is the Irresistible Pools and Spars Millie Fox Stakes, over 1,300 metres, group two, set weights and penalties for fillies and mares. Aliferous is out, leaving eight to face the starter, Joel. You know, I've gone with four, Asiago. It was the first up winner of the Mona Lisa last prep. She was in competitive at Group 1 level. Deeper into that campaign with her fifth in the Empire Rose. She then ran third in the Hunter. She's a pretty talented mare. She comes to hand quickly. Two wins, two placings from five fresh runs. She can get through the wet ground. So I've, that's why I've lent her away. A couple of these runners prefer dry tracks, including Sapinat and Madame Rouge, the two Chris Waller runners. Both were scratched last week on wet tracks. So it'll be interesting to see whether they delay their campaigns by another week, it's probably 
you know, it gets to the stage where you've got to step them out. So Painted's very good. She can win if uh, things go her way. As I said, the drier the better for her. Two positive piece does get through the wet ground. She tends to improve after a run under the belt, but she's definitely capable of winning a race like this if she's forward enough. And I'll put Madame Rouge in for fourth. But just the if, the, if it's going to be heavy, just makes this race a bit tricky. Four on top from three, two and one. Yeah, similar numbers. Obviously, the, the, the first four, the main four in the market, all first up here. And, and Asiago's really the best uh, fresh form of those, with exceptions of subpoenaed, who, as Joel said, doesn't like, doesn't particularly love a, a wet track, Asiago does. Uh, certainly a, um, has won on a heavy before and, and performed well on a soft track. <clears throat> and so that, those are my first two picks, four to beat three. I've got the one in next, Madame Rouge. Big fan of her. And she certainly was, was competitive in some in some good races in Melbourne last preparation. Um, for and then I got the four, I got the two in positive piece in for four, four, three, then one and two. Race five at Rose Hill Gardens on Saturday is the Iron Jack Silver Slipper Stakes, eleven hundred metres set weights for two year olds, and there's nine left in it on Thursday afternoon. Job. Yeah, well the market's been reshaped here with the. Uh... Short price favourite, four moves ahead coming out uh, at one thirty this afternoon. So, look, um, I thought she was short enough at around the $2.50. She was very impressive on debut. I had her in the numbers. But um, number eight, Dio, is my selection here, the first starter, and uh, will be well and truly into single figures now. He costs $1.1 million. He's the brother to Sunlight, who won this race three years ago. I just like the fact that uh, Team Hawks are kicking him off in this race They've got a really good record in this race. Of course, John Hawks, when training for Woodlands, won it numerous times. And Team Hawks have had a run of the last seven years. They've had two winners, a second and four third. So none of their seven runners have missed a place. A couple of them have been on debut. His two trials have been good, finishing runner-up in both of them. So I think he's going to be there to run a big race on debut. One, Palele, was impressive, winning at the Valley, at his first start, off a strong tempo. It was really set up for something to close, and he did. He then went to Sydney and won well. He beat direct at the Valley, uh, number six, a well-bred colt from the Lloyd Kennewell yard. He held on well because he had to take the field up to the tearaway leader in that race. I thought his recent trial in Sydney was good. He's just going to need a little bit of luck early from the tricky gate. And for fourth, I will throw in number five, Home Affairs, who kicked away and looked the winner of the Canterbury. Might have got a bit lost. Also, perhaps got a bit tired. He was run down on the line by Zathus. I thought he could turn the tables on him with that run under the belt. But I like number eight on debut from one, six, and five. Yeah, I like the look of Home Affairs, the well-bred um, half-brother to, to Waysar. He yeah, looked, looked the winner at Onzabu, but as Joel touched on, grabbed late by Zathus. They meet again here, but I'm going with that run of the belt. I think he can go one better Home Affairs. Um, pretty talented colt by the looks of it. One in next Lele, um, done nothing wrong in two starts and done it in Melbourne and in Sydney. Um, did all he had to in a recent trial. The eight in net for third, Dio, and seven, King of Sparta, next best. 5-1-8-7. Race six at Rose Hill on Saturday, Parramatta Cup, 1,900-metre listed quality handicap, and uh, Young, Rascal, and Monagle are out at this stage, Joel. Yeah, I like a couple here. Um, most keen on number nine, Dadoo's Dart. I think it's his time to put his hand up and show us what he's made of here in Australia because 
he showed glimpses. Last preparation, in particular, second up in the Bill Ritchie, got within two and a half lengths of Proverville. And then in the Hill Stakes, he looked to have his chance, but he finished fourth at weight for age where he wasn't suited. And the horses in front of him were pretty handy, Colding, uh, beat home Avilius and Fierce Impact. So it was uh, pretty strong Hill Stakes. He's had two runs down in Melbourne. They've been okay, settling towards the back and doing his best work late. I think from barrier three up in Troop, he can settle closer. He drops down to 54. Importantly, it's the first time we've seen him in Australia on a on a wet track. All his uh, overseas form was on tracks with given it. So I think it's uh, it's a D-Day for Dadoo's Dart. I'll have a saver on number 12, Herangawe, this former Kiwi whose best run to date in Australia was third up getting to 1,900 in the Premier's Cup when third behind Mugatu. Uh, sorry, that was fourth up last prep. He's only third up this prep, but he does get to 1,900 and drops to 53 kilos. So I'm just hoping he, you know, he's ready to, to put in a good run at a bit of a price on Saturday. 11 Sacramento is the obvious. He's in form. He's fit. He drops in weight and he'll roll on speed. So he's going to be the one that they all have to catch. And six collide. Another import at uh, having his Australian debut here for Chris Lees. Not knocked around in a recent trial, but he's been kept safe in the opening market. Nine on top for me from 12, 11 and six. Yeah, I thought Heron Garway was um, was a good play in this in this race. Of course, the the heavy track form stands out, or the wet track form stands out. Um, and yeah, that run over nine hundred preparation was was very good behind Mugger too. Um, just hopefully can improve. I need to improve quite a bit on what he's done in two starts. His preparation, but um, I think he gets the conditions to suit and up to the nine hundred meters. Third up, obviously, a couple of ticks as well. So at a big price, um, happy to have a couple each way on the 12. The 11 and next Sacramento, hard to hard to knock, obviously, been racing in terrific form. Uh, and obviously, re- reaching peak fitness now. Rolls forward, we take plenty of catching. The six in the third collide, and then I've got the four, Path of Glory in next as well. 12, 11, six, and four. Last of the black type races at Rose Hill on Saturday is race seven. It's an interesting one. It's the City Tattersalls Club, Hobartville Stakes, 1,400 metres. Group two set weights for three-year-olds. And as we touched on earlier, Joel sees the appearance of the unbeaten Kiwi. Uh, look, I think he's very, very good. He knows where the line is. Three of his four wins have been by very narrow margins. He's just got that killer instinct, this bloke. He's... Um, been very well respected by the markets. So I, you know, I was half expecting him to be sort of third or fourth pick when the first markets went up on Monday, but he's favourite and he's still favourite. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the market does on race day. The market really warmed to one of the Kiwis last week in Brando and he finished last. So just might pay to wait. Um, a few of the big boys might have got their fingers burnt last week and hopefully he gets out to a better price. bit vulnerable at 1400 I think he's uh, very good and can win. Six Prague, really good effort first up in the Eskimo Prince. Drops in weight, so back back to set weight suits. And from the inside draw, doesn't have to get as far back. Three North Pacific, I think will improve sharply on that fresh run in the Eskimo Prince. Getting to 1,400 is a big plus. And seven Lions Raw, I wanted to include in the numbers. Probably going to, well, he will definitely get better over further. And a race like the Rose Hill Guineas looks like being his main target. First up, last prep at 1,400. He beat all bar Mawanga, so I think he can sprint well fresh. One on top for me from 6, 3, and 7. Yeah, with Aegon as well, uh, excellent win in New Zealand first up. And um, 
form out of that race <clears throat> since since stood up well. He can I think he can measure up here, no doubt. And um, I think a few of those main rivals will probably be good for the run. So I'm on the one or the one on top with the three next North Pacific, who uh, thought to the eye I thought would perform a little better first up, but there was a bit of an excuse was galloped on there. Um, I think the 1,400 metres will suit at this stage of his career. The four in next Peltzer, um, pleasing win fresh. And in for fourth, I have the eight, the Eleonora, who I thought was over the odds. has been given a couple of months fresh and since um, uh, winning a group three in Brisbane over 2,200 metres. He's back to the 1,400 metres here. It's obviously a query, but there's one over the trip. And he looks to be pretty versatile sort of cult. Um, so I think he can certainly run well and worth... Chucking into wider exotics at a bigger price. One, three, four, eight. Joel's best on the Rosehill program was race seven, number one, Aegon, and his value bet race six, number nine, Dadu's Dart. Uh, Daniel's value, we've also thought about, heard about race six, number 12, Heron Garway. Uh, and we briefly discussed at the start of the show, Daniel, uh, your best, which uh, comes up in the first number yeah, 11, Bowmaster. For this one, but he's just the hype around him is enormous, and it's it's deserved from what he's done. There's two wins in Victoria, um, a Kyneton maiden win, and then that Mooney Valley win was um, was outstanding to the eye. Very big trial leading into this, um, and down on 54 kilos, very hard to beat in the first race. One number 11. There is a black type event in. Adelaide on Saturday on the course proper at Morfordville. It is race eight, the Lord Reams Stakes, 2,600 metres, group three, set weights and penalties. It uh, is the traditional Adelaide Cup lead-up and your best on the program comes up in this race. Yeah, Charlie Rose, like, like sort of our muster, no fancy price. We'll be about seventy on the last looked, but um, look, she's a super, a super talent, a really a, a, Promising stayer on the rise, and she was last seen in the baggot on New Year's Day, and it was um, a demolition job there. She won by seven lengths, stepping up to that trip for the first time. Uh, form prior to that was very good. Had three wins and a second in four runs prior. So she, she's down to 54 and a half kilos in this. Um, I think she's a, yeah, as I said, a super talent and be, will be too good for these, I would have thought. So she's my best and obviously the top pick in the race. The three long arm in next. It was a dogged effort to win um, last start, beating Yulong Captain. Got the got the nose down at the right time. He um, drops from 16.5 to 56 here. And, um, he's only had the six starts, but he can certainly go close in a rates of this nature. The two, Epidumont, and the 10, Tarns Prince, um, in, third, in for third and fourth. 12, 3, 2, 10. All righty, and Charlie Rose, your best. Your value bet comes up earlier on the program, race five, number nine. She owes me dream. this mare, uh, must admit. I've had her as a each way or a value bet, I think, two times in the past probably year or so. And one of those she's flopped, and the other she ran third at a big, uh, ran a place at a big price. Um, she's just when she sort of teases a, a good run, she's known to put in she, a bad one next start. She doesn't really put a string two together. I'm hoping she can buck the trend, though, this time around. She was excellent in Moorville over 1,600 metres last start. Um, really keen to see her up to the 1,800 metres. I think that's a, she's a better horse um, at that sort of trip. Uh, drops to 54 kilos and drawn to do no work. So, ticks a few boxes, Dream. She's, um, as I said, there's a 
bit of concerns how genuine she can be at times, but the talent is clearly there. And if she races up to her best, I think she can certainly go close in this race five, number nine. No, Joel, any thoughts on Adelaide this week? In Brisbane, they're racing at Eagle Farm, Daniel, and uh, fairly uh, not massive mm. fields for a Brisbane Saturday meeting, but uh, you've found a couple of winners for us, starting in race five with uh, the Joe Pride trainer, yeah, Royal Witness. Trainer sort of telling us something with the, um, the concerns about the Eagle Farm track and how firm it can get. There's been plenty of rain around Brisbane, so we'll see what sort of um, condition the track comes up on Saturday. Doombin, I think, it's a soft seven or heavy eight at the moment, so they're racing today there. And uh, But Eagle Farm, very good draining, so wouldn't be a surprise to see it in the good four um, come Saturday. In, with all that said, I'm with I'm pretty keen on Royal Witness in the fifth race. Only two lengths off Written Beauty first up. He's um, been taken up north before with the Joe Pride stable, and he's had plenty of success when taken up here. Um, I think he's a very backable price, around $5, and he'll sort of be following Kylie everywhere it goes, and I think it'll be hard to hold out, Royal Witness. Eagle Farm, race five, number two. The value comes up in race seven with the eight, the Cullinan. thought it was excellent on the Sunshine Coast last start. I was sort of got in a, an awkward spot there, got a long way back and was caught three wide out without cover. Had plenty to do on the bend, but he, um, he really... Let down nicely late. Kept coming. It was a tough effort and, and did well to finish third and as close as he did. He won at this track at Eagle Farm two starts back. Um, the stable and jockey combination are in really good form at the moment, um, both together and, and separately as well. So over the odds, I think, at $9, a Cullinan and worth an each-way ticket. Race seven, number eight. Anything in Brisbane, Joe? Uh, race two, smallish field. Listeners will know I mentioned Oakfield Missile last week at a bit of a price, and they scratched her, and she pops up here. Unfortunately, there's another horse in the race that I've been following, and I'd rather stick with, and number six, Delat Titanas is. It's a bit of a mouthful, but he's got talent, this bloke. They've been working on getting him to settle in his races, and he's starting to come to hand nicely. He was a strong win at Eagle Farm. He was back like winks. I think he, he went up maybe 4 or $5, and he got into odds on. Uh, with no deductions, and he won like an odds-on favourite. So I think he's, he's going through the grades well. Steps up to Saturday grade. I think he's more than up to it. And I think at the prices, uh, you know, I, I think he should be a lot shorter than a horse like Oakfield Missile, who I do have a bit of time for, but you know, happy to stick with that. Race two, number six. Yeah, that name reminds me a bit of the uh, old joke about when does Saddam Hussein have his dinner? The answer being same time as Tarek as is, which uh, <laughs> probably a well before your time. That dates back to the first Gulf War. Uh, speaking of being called in mind of the early nineties, there is a um, there's a stakes race at Ascot on Saturday. It is race eight. It is the Detonator Stakes listed event over eighteen hundred metres? Always brings to mind the hit for Melissa to Couch back in the early nineteen nineties. Uh, read my lips, which included the memorable rhyming couplet, if you want to wait till later, hands off my detonator. Uh, BJ Ryan, well, I assume that's before your time as well. She was a big star, big star in a thing called E Street, which was like the biggest thing on TV for a while there because it just sort of started off as a standard soap and then they brought in this serial killer called Mr. Bad. Took a dark and all of a sudden, it's the biggest thing on TV. Uh, anyway, 
BJ's with trap for fools in that in that race, which uh, you know is a is a set weights and penalties, and uh, somehow trap for fools gets in with fifty six and a half, only three and a half over the minimum, and actually getting weight off a couple of them. So, uh, but it is he does stress it's a wide open race, and in fact trap for fools is uh, at about eight bucks uh, to beat Montalina. Last of the line and the big show. So that would be three to beat 16. 13 and five BJ's best on the Ascot program is race six, number four, Resort Man, and his value bet race nine, number four, My Fair Ballantyne. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman, Joel, they're racing at Ellerslie and Ascot Park. Yeah, Ellerslie. It's Avondale Guineas Day. Uh, Avondale have run there. Their feature meetings at Ellerslie for a few years now. I think earlier in the week it was looking like it was going to be Avondale Guineas at Ellerslie moved to Tarapa. Uh, but restrictions have eased a little bit in New Zealand, so they can race at Ellerslie. Uh, my best bet is race four, number one, ever so easy. He debuted in stakes grade, uh, broke through for his maiden win at start four, went straight back up to a group race last time out. I thought he ran pretty well for fourth. Behind no name, uh, behind no name ever's son, whose name escapes me, but it was a good effort at Group Three level. I think back to benchmark sixty-five grade really does suit. I think he is a stakes class horse. He's got sixty and a half, so he's got a bit of weight, but I think he's definitely the best horse in the race and can win. And my value bet is in the Avondale Guineas race seven, number thirteen, Illafar. Now this is the sole filly taking on the boys in this race. We saw. In the Waikato Guineas last week, the Phillies run one-two. I think it's uh, it's a good year for the for the three-year-old girls in New Zealand. And I think Ilafar can uh, make amends for a bit of a luckless run last week. She ran in the Phillies feature last week and ran fourth behind Amaralina. She got badly checked halfway up the straight, picked herself up, and hit the line well for fourth. She's run well at Ellerslie before, so I think she's. Definitely going to take some beating in one of the features. And Ascot Park down on the South Island is the other meeting. The best bet comes up in race three, and it's number three, Good On Ya, who's really come through the grades quickly this prep. A couple of the black tight placings at his last couple, including a wait for age race last start, where he was badly treated at the weights. Uh, back to an open handicap here. He's quite well in with the 55 and a half. And my value bet is race six, which is the Southland Guineas. I've gone for a maiden number three, Milford Sound. He's been hitting the line well in his races. I think the step up to 1,600 definitely suits. Just hopes, hopefully he can jump away a bit cleanly, a bit cleaner from the inside gate. He's been missing the start a bit, which hasn't been helping his cause. All righty, that takes care of Saturday. There's also some black type on Friday night at the Valley in race seven, the Alinta Energy Typhoon Tracy Stakes, Joel, and uh, you've found one. It's some nice double-figure yeah, odds. Um, haven't seen. Oh, I haven't seen that she scratched from either venue. She's also entered for Morfittville. Speaking of Smoking Val, I thought her run at the Valley last time, albeit an easier race, was very good. She got back second half of the field, was doing her best work late to get up for second. Uh, just like the fact that Damien Oliver stuck with her, she drops back from fifty-nine and a half to fifty-six. As I said, this is a tougher test, but I thought she was. Worth a bit of a look at odds. I thought highly discreet number 10, 11, Rainbeal and 1, Makrura also had chances. A pretty tricky race, though. You can make a case for quite a few. I can tell you that, in fact, she is running there because uh, she's been scratched from Morfittville. 
smoke and foul I speak of. Um, also, Black Type indeed on Sunday, which is at Launceston uh, for the Tassie Oaks, which is uh, going to be a fairly cheap little listed race for somebody. Um, you might recall on Hobart, uh, as we previewed Hobart Cup Day, there were three or four absolute standouts who couldn't possibly get beaten. Well, most of them did get beaten. Um, Heller, the unbeaten filly, was the only one of them that won. And uh, Scott Brunton has always said that Heller wouldn't run both in the strut stakes, which was that race, and the Tassie Oaks. And uh, I think she's got bigger fish to fry on the mainland. Uh, and that leaves Checkerboard, who was well in her wake in the strut stakes, but four lengths ahead of Mystique Falcon. Uh, and various others in this Tasmanian Oaks. So you would think that the Coolmore, Lindsay Park, Philly checkerboard can get this job done. It's under, I'd say it's not even any further. It's over the same distance as the Strut Stakes and uh, on level weights. There's, a, there's three additional challenges coming over from Victoria, but just taking a line through checkerboards, um, fifth at Flemington two starts ago, probably have those have two of those covered anyway, and that leaves my squeeze, Louise, from uh, the Dennis Pagan filly, who um, is coming out of a maiden. So, oh, look, I think checkerboard is a fairly safe anchor leg for the first leg of your quaddy, and a very safe anchor leg for your second leg is Turk Warrior. Uh, it's the Magic Millions two-year-old classic. Can't see Turk Warrior getting rolled. Doesn't appear to be anything uh, remarkable in the unraced ones there, so you would think Turk Warrior. So you'd think it'd just go blonk, blonk, one, one for your first two legs and turn your quaddy into a daily double. That wraps up the preview section of the program, brings us to our best $20 bets for the weekend, as we like to call them, lazy lobsters.